Welcome to the High Vibe and Healthy Podcast. My name is Fran Dargaville and I'm a functional nutritionist with a passion for gut health and real food. I'm here to share my take on nutrition and health, answer your questions and chat with leading health and wellness experts and all-round inspiring humans. Enjoy this week's episode and submit your questions at frandargaville.com or via my Instagram, frandargaville. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. In this episode, we're chatting all about coffee. I'm going to cover some of the benefits and potential adverse effects of coffee and give you some suggestions on how you can make coffee work for you and not against you. You guys know I love my coffee. And when I was struggling with chronic fatigue, I had to take a break from it for a little while. And that was so disappointing for me because my morning coffee is one of my absolute favorite parts of my day. Honestly, I could take or leave the caffeine, but I love sitting down in a cafe with my boyfriend and dog every morning and enjoying a flat white. But I really believe that in most cases, we can avoid having to give it up or take a break. So if you're a coffee lover, I'll try my best to allow you to keep having your coffee, but without any negative side effects. Before we get into the episode, I want to let you know about Coffee Switch from Switch Nutrition. It's coffee, but without the jitters and energy crashes that can often come with regular coffee. It contains medicinal mushrooms, which have a range of benefits like improving your gut microbiome and supporting immunity plus nootropics, which improve focus and motivation. You can mix it with hot water to make your daily coffee, or if you're in the middle of a hot and sweaty Southern Hemisphere summer like me, add some coconut milk and a few ice cubes for a delicious iced coffee. Head to Switch Nutrition's website to get your hands on Coffee Switch and use the code HIGHVIBE to get 10% off. Okay, let's get into it. We're going to start by chatting about some of the adverse effects of coffee. First up, anxiety. And we're chatting specifically about the caffeine component of coffee here. Caffeine works by blocking the effects of adenosine, which is a brain chemical that makes you feel tired. At the same time, it triggers the release of adrenaline, our fight or flight hormone associated with increased energy and cortisol, another one of our stress hormones. So if you deal with anxiety, you definitely want to be looking at this. Next, caffeine can impact our sleep quality and our ability to fall asleep at night, and it can also contribute to digestive issues. So coffee itself has a laxative effect, and that is by stimulating the release of gastrin, which is a hormone that the stomach produces that speeds up activity in the colon. And this is more about the coffee itself because decaf coffee actually does a very similar thing. But then on top of that, caffeine specifically also increases peristalsis, which is those muscular waves that get things moving through our digestive tract. So obviously some people like this to get their gut moving. I mean, if you do rely on coffee, that is a sign that you are constipated. But if you tend towards having more loose bowel movements or diarrhea, especially after your morning coffee, then this is very likely to be what is going on. Another digestive issue that can be triggered by coffee is reflux. A lot of people with reflux find that coffee is a trigger for them. And if that's you, this is one of the rare cases where I do think it may actually be necessary to take a break from both caffeinated and decaffeinated coffee for a while, while you actually get to the root cause of the reflux. Another adverse effect of caffeine is fatigue. So we know this coffee, it basically provides us with borrowed energy. It's really fake energy. So we are 
running on empty and we're actually depleting ourselves. There was a large review study that looked at 41 different studies and found that, yes, caffeinated drinks increase alertness and mood for a few hours, but they actually lead to this rebound effect where people are feeling more tired than usual the following day. So you're more tired and you go for more caffeine and this cycle continues. So keep in mind that yes, caffeine may feel like it's giving you more energy, but it's actually borrowed energy and it can contribute to fatigue. Now I want to touch on a few potential negatives, more in relation to coffee as opposed to caffeine specifically. So first up, mold can be a problem for some people. So if you find that you are quite sensitive to coffee, this may actually be why. There are specific types of mycotoxins or mold that are found in certain coffees There are actually some great mold-free brands. So if you suspect this might be a concern for you, just go and Google mold-free coffee and a lot of the great quality organic brands or just great quality local brands are actually testing for this and they are aware of this. So there are definitely mycotoxin-free coffees available. You just want to do a little bit of research on this. Another key consideration is that coffee inhibits the absorption of certain vitamins and minerals, including things like iron and zinc. So if you typically have low iron or low zinc or you have issues with your immunity or other health concerns, then you definitely want to keep this in mind. And if you are taking supplements, be sure to have a look into when you're actually taking them. And generally you want to take the supplements at least a couple of hours away from when you're having any coffee. The last adverse effect is really some of the potential ingredients that can be found in the milks that we have with our coffee or in certain types of coffee as well. So obviously, if you're going to Starbucks and you're getting something with syrups, that's likely to have lots of sugar, perhaps some artificial flavors and things like that. So you definitely want to look into that. And you also want to check up on the milk that you're consuming with your coffee. So lots of nut milks and alternative milks out there can tend to have various ingredients like highly processed vegetable oils, which are not so great for us thickeners, various sweeteners as well. So you definitely want to check in on that and go for the best option available. So you could potentially go for black coffee or go for something that just doesn't have a lot of additives. It could be full fat milk and you have a little bit of that, or it could be, you know, some sort of nut milk or alternative milk that doesn't have any nasty ingredients if you're able to find that. Interrupting this episode for just a minute to let you know how we can support you. If you're struggling with frustrating gut symptoms like IBS, bloating or reflux, we're here to help. We have a range of options from an affordable self-study course to a VIP program with a high level of support. Head to frandargaville.com forward slash high vibe to learn more. And if you have any questions about the programs or which one is right for you, send me a DM on Instagram. My Instagram handle is my name. That is F-R-A-N-D-A-R-G-A-V-I-L-L-E. And I would absolutely love to chat with you. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Now, it's not all bad. Yes, there are some potential adverse effects of coffee and caffeine, but there are also benefits. So besides the obvious benefits, which is that it tastes good and it increases our energy levels, Coffee is also linked to lower risk of certain diseases and health conditions like type 2 diabetes, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, heart conditions, and also depression. Caffeine also improves athletic performance. 
and it's high in antioxidants as well. So it's not exactly a health food, but there are certainly some benefits. And it can definitely be beneficial, especially if we incorporate some of the things that I'm about to chat about to lessen those potential adverse effects. So we know coffee intake can cause adverse effects and it may have some benefits. So let's look at your coffee intake and see what needs to change, if anything. If you're in perfect health, you sleep really well and you never get anxious and your gut is amazing, then you probably don't need to make any changes to your caffeine intake. But you're also probably not listening to this podcast if that is you. On the other hand, if you have trouble sleeping, you often get anxious or you have some gut issues going on, then we want to look at a few things. Firstly, when you're having your coffee. Secondly, how much caffeine you're having. Third, what you're having your coffee with. And fourth, the quality of the coffee itself. Making some of these tweaks may mean that you can keep the coffee in without experiencing any of these potential adverse effects. The first thing to look at is when you're having your coffee. I find a lot of people have coffee first thing when they wake up before they've had anything to eat. This can cause a lot of stress on our bodies and contribute to some of those symptoms that we spoke about earlier. I highly recommend eating a healthy brekkie with fat and protein first and then having your coffee after that. This means that you have something to fuel your body so you're not running on borrowed energy. It's also best to wait at least an hour after waking up to have your coffee. This is because cortisol, one of our stress hormones, gradually rises in the morning and we want to allow that morning cortisol rhythm to naturally take place instead of artificially spiking it with caffeine. The exception to this is if you're waking up and doing some sort of intensive exercise straight away, then there's no harm in having that coffee straight away. So wake up, have brekkie, and wait until afterwards to have your coffee. A lot of my clients have noticed massive changes in their energy levels and anxiety from making this one change alone. So I highly recommend giving it a go. Also, it takes around 10 hours for caffeine to leave your system. So it's best to avoid having caffeine after around midday or 1pm so you don't impact your sleep. The next thing we want to look at is how much caffeine we're having. We all do have a bit of a different tolerance to caffeine. Some people experience extreme anxiety after a tiny amount of caffeine and other people don't notice any symptoms after six or seven coffees. In terms of a safe upper limit, that maximum is around 400 milligrams of caffeine a day, which is around three single espressos or five instant coffees. I generally find that most people do well with a bit less than that. So one to two shots maximum per day is a great rule of thumb for most people. Be sure to look at the type of coffee you're having as well. So if you're having a large coffee or a long black or Americano, you're going to be getting at least two shots in that one coffee. So please be mindful of that as well. If you think you might be having too much coffee, you can reduce the amount of coffee you're having. So maybe go from a large coffee to a small coffee or a single espresso instead of a long black or Americano. You could also switch one or more of your coffees to decaf coffee. And ideally, we want to get water processed decaffeinated coffee because regular decaf is decaffeinated using chemicals, which aren't so great for our health. And there are other alternatives to coffee. I know they're not quite the same. Barley coffee is one that is very, very similar to coffee. But there are also things like chai or matcha or hot chocolate as well, which can all be great options. 
And if you're one of those people that can't tolerate any caffeine whatsoever, I highly recommend looking into how you can balance your blood sugar levels and support your adrenals. And you might find that you can tolerate it again. The next thing we want to look at is what you're having your coffee with. So this is something that we definitely want to consider. And I did touch on this earlier. So if you're having any sugar, could you perhaps reduce that and take a look at the milk that you're consuming with your coffee, if any? Could you perhaps swap that for a more healthy option? Some of my favorite options available in Australia are bonsoy. That is what I usually have. It's got pretty great ingredients. It is a soy milk, which is not for everyone. Cocoa quench coconut milk is a great one as well. And Inside Out also has some great milk options. And some cafes even make their own milks, which is pretty dang incredible. Full fat cow's milk is also a great option if you tolerate that. And finally, we want to think about the quality of the coffee itself. So ideally organic, if you're able to get that, it's obviously not available everywhere, especially if you're having barista coffee, but there can be a lot of pesticides in coffee, which could also be contributing to your symptoms as well. I already touched on mold-free coffee, but definitely something to look into if you are sensitive, if you're dealing with a lot of health challenges, autoimmunity, things like that. And again, in terms of quality, that Swiss water-processed decaf is going to be the best option in terms of decaffeinated coffee also. So let's recap. There are so many potential benefits of coffee as we spoke about, but of course it can also have adverse effects. So we want to think about when you're having your coffee, maybe having that breakfast first and having your coffee after and avoiding caffeine after around midday or 1pm. We also want to look at how much caffeine you're having. So ideally sticking to one to two shots a day, if that works for you. Then we want to look at what you're having your coffee with. So any sweeteners, any syrups, any milks, review all of that and make sure it's the best possible option. And then finally, look at the quality of the coffee. So perhaps going for organic, mold-free coffee if you're able to. I hope you found this helpful. I would be super grateful if you'd take a minute to leave me a rating. It really helps me reach more people. And I love reading your reviews and getting that positive feedback from you guys. So you can leave me a rating and a review on Apple. That would be absolutely amazing. And on Spotify, you can now leave me a rating, which is a super quick and easy process. All you need to do is open my podcast in the Spotify app and just tap the five stars to leave me a review. Thank you so much. I will catch you in the next episode. Have an awesome week. Bye. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the High Vibe and Healthy podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to chat with me about how we can work together to reach your health goals, head to frandargaville.com. To connect with me day to day, Instagram is the place to be. Follow me via my handle at frandargaville. And finally, please note that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not considered to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.